Hello and welcome back to Miss Macintosh, my darling. The commentary portion, we're on chapter 68. Character list is Vera Cartwheel, Imagine Homer K. Porn, Moses Hunnaker, Mr. Weed, the Christian Hangman, Maria Weed, his first wife who hanged herself, and Julia Weed, his second wife. Also the tavern landlord. Synopsis, Moses, the bus driver, has trouble parking the bus. Vera, Madge, and Homer finally disembark, and Vera watches Madge and Homer walk away, never to see them again. Vera waits for her turn to check in at the tavern. She listens to Mr. Weed and the tavern landlord talk about Mr. Weed's occupation as a Christian hangman. 1. Vera describes the village in daylight and at night. There were miscellaneous things scattered about, like toys dropped from the land of a careless god and barren fields and these vacant lots. Things are in a state of decay. For if one had journeyed by widening circles or straight to heaven and had come instead to hell with its shrunken or its widening orbit, one still had reached one's goal, even if it was not the one intended and the journey had been made. Or if one had come by a middle way to a middle place between extremes, one still must accept that reality, that reality one found no matter what it was or was not. For there was only one definition of reality, that it was real. Everything was as real as her mother's opium dreams. Mr. Spitzer's brother, either as the musician or the gambler, and as real as Miss Mackintosh. Whatever one found was real, was real, and even the unreal things were real, even those who were ignored, rejected, despised, abandoned, unloved, perhaps even unknown. Two, Vera describes the village streets as, uh, describes the village, describes the village streets. Yeah. As splashed as if with rain or a disease, everything was lurching and indistinct in vacancy, not even a facade between ourselves and nothingness hanging on nothingness. Vera describes the buildings in the village. There is a Josh's place that Madge and Homer talked about and a bridge warning of a river ahead. She implied it would not be clean and pure, but dead. Three, the three passengers waited while the bus stood in the middle of the street. The bus driver seemed to be asleep, but then suddenly got up and went into the tavern hotel. Vera watches Madge and Homer get off out of the bus and walk down the street. Vera knows Homer has picked Jackie and his high school memories. Four, perhaps even before a river is seen, its invisible presence distends all things. Five, Vera reads the sign that says the tavern built in 1827 by God's servants who were believers in the lamb. She wondered who they might be. The tavern looked old and shabby. She saw a man sleeping with a miner's hat on. If he was a coal miner, he was mining only his distant dreams only his dreams now, a deeper mind than man had known. In the lobby there were two bald men and a woman. They seemed to be looking at a map. Six, the tavern was run down. Vera thought it was a very quiet place, but she would find out later that was not true. Seven, the bus driver Moses went home to sleep with his mother. It was the only bed big enough for both of them. His mother was old, sick, and dying and thought Moses was her bridegroom. Moses said they slept with a lace curtain between them. He would not take his father's place, would rather be the child of himself, than the father of his father, did not, never would indulge the old woman's fantasies, could not help what she thought. 8. Vera thought she looked like a nun in a nightclub, her head filled with hallucinations which seemed to comprise, in the last analysis, my defective character. She wished she was in a hotel on 12th Street, presumably in New York City, among Hindu sailors. She would then ask, oh, have you seen my love, Miss Macintosh, my darling? She thought she should have stayed close to the shore, 
and not come inland to this deep country so far from any shoreline. She claimed to be frightened by my own defective character, which had loved imperfections and distortions and mad dreams, more than in love that reality which I did not know, perhaps might never know, for I had loved only the dead, I had loved only the departed. She tells the story of how she saw sleigh bells hung on a cherry tree to scare off birds, and Miss McIntosh had covered her eyes so she wouldn't remember seeing this. Such confusion, she said, was not the mirror of truth. There was a place for everything. Sleigh bells belonged in a world of snow, not where the cherry trees blossomed. Then why did she walk into the loud sea and leave everything in such a wild confusion? Vera screamed over and over when Miss McIntosh died until Mr. Spitzer said that without a body she may not be dead, and she would return and I would see her shining through every cloud, so only the most perfunctory search was made by my mother and Mr. Spitzer for my lost love. They said that when I was as old as they were, I would understand that love cannot really die. They said that I would know that that which was found could never be lost. Nine, Vera was to learn about <clears throat> and hear even more weird stories while staying at the tavern. The first one is the gentleman hangman. Ten, a guest was signing in at the tavern while the landlord waited. He was bald, big, swarthy, and covered in tattoos. 11. Vera sat down to wait her turn and thought about how she remembered her mother, how hair was the greatest deception, that Miss McIntosh was the woman I loved. 12. Vera imagined herself passing from my youth to my age. She questioned who she was. The woman who was waiting had already gone upstairs and left behind her hat. Vera thought she had only imagined her as I had imagined so many things unreal, my prophetic dreams turning out, however, sometimes to be real. She imagined if she put on this woman's hat, she would become this woman. This metamorphosis would be complete. As the past increased, the future decreased. She thought of my life as I had lived it. The facts were the facts in that dream world. She imagined herself a widow and childless, except a fetus who had turned to stone, all except its heel, its pink heel, inside my body. She imagined Dr. O'Leary telling her she'd carried a marble statue in her room for nine years. Vera thought if all of life was over, what was mine to remember? Thirteen, Vera waited for the Christian hangman, Mr. Weed, to finish checking in. He was on his way home after a long, straight, narrow journey, which had greatly increased, he believed, his knowledge of mortal experience. Fourteen, Mr. Weed was upset because he'd almost run over a dog. Fifteen, the tavern landlord wishes him and his family well and misunderstands that Mr. Weed ran over a dog. Landlord believed he would die by drowning and not hanging. He had been on four ships which had gone down. The RMS Titanic was a British passenger liner operated by the White Star Line, which sank in the North Atlantic Ocean on April 15, 1912, after striking an iceberg during her maiden voyage from Southampton, UK, to New York City. The RMS Lusitania, a British ocean liner operated by the Cunyard Steamship Company, sunk by a German U-boat in World War I. The White Star Castle may refer to the RMS Majestic, which was a White Star ocean liner working on the North Atlantic run, originally launched in 1914. She served the Royal Navy as the training ship HMS Cal Caledonia before catching fire in 1939 and sinking. She was subsequently raised and scrapped in 1943. Prince Edward may refer to the fourth HMS Prince, the fourth HMS Black Prince after Edward the Black Prince, the eldest son of King Edward III, of England, launched 1904, and was a Duke of Edinburgh-class cruiser sunk with all hands during the Battle of Jutland in 1916. 16. Mr. Weed told the landlord to just keep away from water. He corrected him that he did not kill the dog. He was upset that the landlord talked about dogs. 
Mr. Weed said he had just been to a hanging and was wearing his good clothes. He only wore his good clothes to church and hangings. 17. Mr. Weed said that he tied the knot kind of kinds of knots that no one could untie, like lovers' knots. Landlord argued he knew about knots being a seaman. Landlord questions whether Mr. Weed knows about the marital knot. 18. Mr. Weed said his second wife and the children from his first wife were flourishing. He made a joke about not being able to mow. Everyone knew that he was a man who liked to see flowers in bloom and the orchards heavy with fruit, so heavy that the boughs bent and yet not so heavy that the boughs broke, for that would be a waste. The hanged man had been obese and had presented a Oh, the hanged man had been obese and had presented a problem for Mr. Weed. 19. Vera describes Mr. Weed's appearance. Parker Fountain Pen may refer to the Parker Pen Company, an American manufacturer of luxury writing pens found in 1888. 20. The man Mr. Weed hanged and had killed the woman he was having an affair with because she told him she was pregnant. The Christian Science Monitor, commonly known as The Monitor, is a nonprofit news organization that publishes daily articles in electronic format as well as a weekly print edition. It was founded in 1908. 1908 as a daily newspaper by Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of the Church of Christ, scientist. As of 2011, the print circulation was 75,052. 21, Mr. Weed said usually he did not talk about his hangings. 22, Mr. Weed said his family was fine, but that his children asked foolish questions. 23, Mr. Weed answered them anyway. 24, Mr. Weed said the murdered woman was killed on the golf course and found by someone missing a golf ball. She was a skeleton. 25. Mr. Weed said it took a couple of days for things to return to normal after he turned from a hanging. He would feel oppressed. He would be suspicious of his children's laughter in the distance. He would wonder what they were doing. Why did they laugh so much? 26. I am a good father, he said. I always was. 27. Mr. Weed not only complained of his children staring at him and asking foolish questions, but also his second wife. She looked like his first wife, but younger, and acted as if he were cheating on her, even if it was with his dead wife. 28. Mr. Weed said he was too old for all of this. 29. Mr. Weed brushed off a gray hair that his second wife also found on his sleeve. 30. Mr. Weed said his first wife's name was Marie, and her maiden name was Oliver. The Olivers were known for hanging themselves. There were three famous Olivers this may refer to. Andrew Oliver was a merchant and public official in the province of Massachusetts Bay. Born into a wealthy and politically powerful merchant family, he is best known as the Massachusetts official responsible for implementing the provisions of the Stamp Act, for which he was handed, hanged in effigy. He never actually carried out those duties and was later commissioned as the province's lieutenant governor. Oliver Cromwell, Lord Protector and Ruler of the English Commonwealth after the defeat and beheading of King Charles I during the English Civil War, died on uh, the 3rd of September 1658 of natural causes and was given a public funeral at Westminster Abbey equal to those of the monarchs who came before him. When King Charles II was recalled from exile, his new parliament in January 1661 ordered the disinterment of the elder Cromwell's body from Westminster Abbey for a posthumous execution. He was left hanging until the afternoon before being cut down and beheaded. Oliver Moore was lynched in North Carolina in 1930. Mr. Weed says the children are always pretending to hang themselves. 31. Mr. Weed seemed upset and said it was sad. 32. The tavern landlord thought that Mr. Weed's conscience was bothering him when he should feel fine. We all do the best we can. Tavern landlord remembers being a captain on a yacht for a mad rich man who killed his sweetheart while they were sailing. The jury found him not guilty, but his conscience bothered him because the man had made the yacht into a prison, a padded cell. He traveled around the world, but he never saw it. 33. The tavern landlord continues on about the man. He never saw anyone and always set a plate for his dead sweetheart. He fed invisible birds. 
34, Water, Water Everywhere and Not a Drop to Drink, is a line from the poem by Samuel Taylor Coolidge, the rhyme of the ancient mariner. The tavern landlord then retired to a farm in Ohio. 35, Mr. Weed, Mr. Weed disagrees that his conscience doesn't bother him because he's always done the right thing. 36, Mr. Weed thought the worst murders were the ones done in dreams. 37, Mr. Weed says he's wearing a dead man's hat and was given the expensive Parker fountain pen as a souvenir for an execution. Oh, and that kind of mirrors Mr. Bonebreaker wearing dead people's clothes. 38. Mr. Weed explained that all his children were from his first wife. His second wife did not have children. The first wife hanged herself with her nightgown in the snow when she thought she was pregnant again. Comstock laws named after Andrew Comstock passed around 1843 denied women contraception in the U.S. This was challenged by Margaret Sanger in 1914. Full birth control for married and unmarried women in the U.S. was passed in 1972. Mr. Weed does not want to scold his children. Too much because of their hanging games. He claims he stopped to put on his winter shoes so he was a second too late to save his wife. He claims something fell and rolled along the ground. He wondered if he was responsible for two murders. 39. Mr. Weed can't sleep at night because of the unskillful hanging. 40. Mr. Weed thought his children were teasing him. They were are ignorant and filled with curiosity. He wonders why his second wife Julia wears Marie, his first wife's clothes, which are too big for her because she was always pregnant. He claims he's not the one who was always impregnating her. He was willing to buy new clothes for Julia. 41. Mr. Weed claims Julia has the mind of a child. 42. Mr. Weed was very tall and wore fine clothes. He had a western hat made in St. Louis, Missouri. He took out a, Saint, he took out a Jew's harp. Oh, Mr. Bonebreaker's from St. Louis, Missouri. Or he worked there, I can't remember. 43, Mr. Weed said, A juice harp is not Jewish. A juice harp is a lamellophone instrument consisting of a flexible metal or bamboo tongue or reed attached to a frame. Contrary to the name, the harp originated in China and has no relation to the Jewish people. 44. Mr. Weed put away his Jews harp and took out his pocket watch. He said it was made in Switzerland and kept perfect time. He did not, he did not wound it up again because it, it was from a man who had... Let me change that. He had not... Because it was from a man who had taken his family to the mountains for a vacation instead pushed their car over a cliff. The watch showed the exact time that he did this since it was undamaged. 45, Mr. Weed lamented. Oh, this is like uh, Mr. Spitzer.
Ugh. Wait, what happened there? So we get that mirroring effect throughout the novel. I'm sure there's more. I just haven't been just just noticing them as they come to me. Um, 45, Mr. Weed lamented that even a murderous father would have let his children pick wildflowers before he killed them. 90% of women are murdered by men. They know in the U.S. globally more than half of women and girls killed by men are murdered by their current or previous partners, according to UN data. 46, Mr. Weed said, life is short and full of sorrow. I have my troubles too. 47, Mr. Weed describes himself as a peace-loving man and can understand why there is trouble every time he returns home. 48, Mr. Weed was returning one night and saw that what he thought were children hanging from the same peach tree that his wife died. He intended to cut that tree down but never did. As he came closer, he realized it was the children's dolls and teddy bears hanging from the tree. There was no crime. There was no crime. 49, Mr. Weed cut off a switch of the cut a switch off the tree in order to beat his children when he realized he'd cut it from the same tree where his wife died he dropped the branch he took a deep breath realizing how near he had come to beating his children with a branch from the tree where their mother had hanged herself they were as stealthy as she was mr weed thought it would have been one of those dreadful coincidences his disciplining his children with such an instrument still relieved that he had caught himself in the act before it was too late they were innocent children after all he let them sleep at breakfast the next morning, told them they should not make a mockery of death. The children said they wouldn't, and then asked him more foolish questions. Fifteen, Mr. Weed thought it was these kinds of dreadful coincidences which make the administration of justice most confusing. He told the tale of a man who carried a basket of peaches across the river. A woman's murdered head was found in a field near the river, and people thought he was the only one that could have carried it. Nobody knew who the woman was. The man's explanations were that he carried the peaches because he wanted to eat them. There was blood on his jeans because he'd just killed a hog. And since he was from Maine, he didn't realize the river was swollen and, dan and dangerous to cross. 51. Mr. Weed listed more dreadful coincidences that made people appear guilty of a crime. 52. Mr. Weed said you cannot be too careful. Of course, the only people who are murdered ordinarily are those who invite murder. 53. Mr. Weed said because of his travels, he picked up a good deal of useless information. He was only interested in tying the knot. 54. Mr. Weed revealed that another clue found near the head of the woman was a black poker chip. 55. Mr. Weed said these kinds of things were curious but never led anywhere in the case. 56. Mr. Weed said cases always had a great many confusing clues which led nowhere or were just circumstantial evidence. He thought certain criminals planted meaningless clues to baffle the mind of the police. He thought if you give a man enough rope, he hangs himself. This proverb means if you give people the opportunity to do something wrong or detrimental to themselves, they will usually do it. One does not need to interfere to bring about someone's downfall. 57. Mr. Weed said he overlays, overplays his hand. This means to believe you are in a stronger situation or position than you really are and fail as a result. 58. Mr. Weed returned to the severed woman's head and the black poker chip. No one knew anything and there were different clues and people claimed to know her only to have their missing person return later. Everything was a mystery. A great many people identified her, but they seemed to be in a hysterical state of mind. Many women were missing, and while searching for this woman, other women were discovered. None were missing their heads. Missing women is a term that indicates a shortfall in the number of women relative to the expected number of women in a region or country. It is most often measured through male-to-female sex ratios and is theorized to be caused by sex-selective abortions, female infanticide, and an inadequate health care and nutrition for female children. It is argued that technologies that enable prenatal... Well, hold on. 
Okay. Okay, I'm going to shorten this because that's the term for missing women, but they were, but that's not the same thing. But I will keep, dang it. Okay, we'll keep the U.S. statistics because that's different. That's something different than what's meant here. Okay, many women are, were missing, and while searching for this woman, other women were discovered. None were missing their heads. For the U.S., current statistics show there are more females missing under the age of 21 than males. Over the age of 21, there are more males missing than females. Half of all missing persons are minorities. 59, Mr. Weed thought the black poker chip was a possible clue. He said a string of murders had been solved by a coat button. The insignificant object was the important one. He was only relaying what others had said and what he and that he only ties the knot in the end. He is also playing with his loose coat button. 60, Mr. Weed was on a mission to perfect the painless knot, and he didn't want to do this anymore, but was always persuaded otherwise. It was his own family that interested him. It was his own home where he experienced the deepest pain. Not even his Jews harp could console him. There was always trouble cropping up. 61, Mr. Weed didn't know what to do. I am helpless when I face life's deepest problems. We are all helpless. Only the word of God can console me. Let me see how long this is because this is very long. All right, we're going to cut this into two. So let me see. This is really long. All right, where am I? Let me get to 80. Let me see if I can get to 80. No, maybe not. Okay, 62. The last time Mr. Weed returned from a hanging, he found his children had blindfolded an old blind dog and hung it from the same peach tree. Only innocent children would think of blindfolding the blind. 63. Mr. Weed wanted to explain to them the mystery of life and death, but didn't know how to start or what to say. 64. Mr. Weed made them promise they would never cause pain to any living thing. He did not know if they would keep their promise. 65. Vera describes Mr. Weed dancing around while he talked. 66. Mr. Weed was a vegetarian, only had pets on his farm, yet he dreamed of cooking live pigs in a pot. Sometimes they had human faces, even those of his children. One who looked like his oldest daughter, who looked like her dead mother, was always trying to escape in the dream. He always caught her. Vegetarians are more likely below in vitamin D, zinc, anemic, suffer from anxiety and depression, have eating disorders. Also, not eating enough protein can make a person crave protein. These cravings have been documented with castaways surviving at the sea. At sea. 67. Mr. Weed wanted to write his memoirs to, in order to show how his work has been painless. 68. Mr. Weed claimed the perfect hang was both successful and painless. 69. Mr. Weed thought good hangmen were being replaced by the electric chair and lethal injection. The methods for execution in the U.S. are lethal injection, electrocution, firing squad, and the gas chamber. An offender can choose an alternate, alternate method such as hanging. 1996 was, 1996 was the last, person, last time a person was executed by hanging in the U.S. 70. Mr. Weed became a Christian hangman because he knew how to induce the act of death without pain. He was paid very little. He cannot afford a dentist or eye doctor for his children. I'm breaking here. I'll come back and read the rest. Thanks for listening. Bye.